Welcome back for another episode of Blessed is She That Believe. We're in season two, episode 17. And before we get started, we're going to start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for your grace and your mercy that has brought us through this day, Father God. I thank you for our steps that have been ordered. I thank you for everything, Lord. You are so mighty. You are so gracious, Father God, and so sovereign and holy. Lord, our words fall short. We have nothing new to say because you're just that good. You're just so great that there's not enough words in our vocabulary that can describe how great you are. So, Father, we just say thank you, and we just give you all glory, honor, praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So, y'all, I've had a very busy week. Um, I hope I don't sound too tired. It is like 1030. <laughs> it's 1030 Sunday evening and this is supposed to drop at midnight, um, like less than two hours from now. So um, my church had a Christmas cantata that happened this afternoon. And I usually try to record between Saturday and Sunday, but we had rehearsal for most of the day yesterday. Well, a good portion of the morning. And I think I got home like yesterday afternoon and I just went to sleep for hours. I was so tired. Um, we have like 10 days left of school before the Christmas break. So I'm very tired. <laughs> I had contacts in and I just took them out. So my eyes hurt. I'm trying to see. <laughs> but um, I hope y'all had a great weekend. And, um, you know, I pray that your week ahead is blessed already. In Jesus name um not gonna take up too much of your time but I came across a scripture that I love and um, it's in Isaiah 43 and it says in verse 1 but now thus saith the Lord that created thee O Jacob and he that formed thee O Israel fear not for I have redeemed thee I have called thee by thy name Thou art mine. Verse 2 says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. And verse 3 says, For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopian sea before thee. Sorry, y'all. My mom just got my message that I sent like 45 minutes ago, and we have already had a full-blown phone conversation, and she's asking if, I, if everything's okay. I'm like, that message is from like almost an hour ago. <laughs> We've talked on the phone since then. But um, I love those scriptures um, in Isaiah 43. And actually, to be honest, if you ever feel like if the enemy is lying to you about your worth and your value you really need to go read isaiah 43 chapter 43 44 45 46 because there is so many the lord is like your name is written in the palm of my hand i think of you you are not forgotten i formed you i did this i did that like he's literally laying out his whole resume and he doesn't have to. it's the fact that he doesn't have to that I think that's why I love those verses because 
He didn't have to tell us all of that. He could just say, I'm God. Boom. That's it. That's all you need to know. I am that I am. That's all you need to know. But no, he he literally goes into so much detail. He's like, I did this. I have done this. I I am this. I do this. And like back to back, back to back. And um, with Isaiah 43, he tells us, I'm sorry. I'm yawning. I apologize. I told you I'm so tired. This is past my bedtime. Um, unless it's the summertime, then it's like I'm a night owl. But he says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee when you walk through the fire. And thou shall not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. I had to stop myself so I could finish out the sentence. But verse two, he says, when. When is a word that is has to do with time. It is a word that has to do with time. There's no condition. That means it's going to happen. You will pass through the waters and he will be with, with you. You will pass through the rivers. They won't overflow you. You will walk through fire. You will not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon you. Because it's going to happen. The trials and tribulations of life, the fires that we got to walk through, the, the testing that we have to endure, is he's going to be with us, basically. He's, he's telling us he's going to be with us. But what I find so ironic with this these scriptures is that in Mark 9, chapter 9, Mark chapter 9, I'm going to start at verse 14. It says, and when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway, all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, what question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and he gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they could, should cast him out, and they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said of a child, And oft times it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help as Jesus said unto him. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straight with the father, the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Oh, it's a lot there. But we're going to start with this. It says in verse 22, And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. That's in, this is all in the King James Version. Let me switch over to the New Living Translation. I always want to say the New Living Testament. That's not right. It's the New Living Translation. <laughs> and let's see. Verse. How long has this been happening? Verse 21 of the New Living Translation. 
he uh jesus asked the boy's father he replied since he was a little boy the spirit often throws him into the fire or into the water trying to kill him um isaiah 43 when you pass through the waters i will be with thee and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee and when you walk through the fire you should not be burned neither shall the flame kindle upon you so we have this young man who was possessed with a demon he was um tormented by a demon the demon would throw him into the fire and he in in also into the water to destroy him but it couldn't i'm just gonna sit there right there because i know y'all heard me read isaiah 43 i might have yawned a little bit but i know you heard me read isaiah 43 verse 2 when it says when you pass through the waters i will be with thee and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee when you walk through the fire you shall not be burned neither shall the flame kindle upon you do you realize that demons have to obey the Lord? Like, if you go back to the book of Job, chapter 1, I believe, maybe. I know it's chapter 2. I know it's twice in the book of Job, towards the beginning of the book. I did a study on it last summer. Was it this summer? It might have been this summer or last summer. And I know it was twice because it's like a meeting they were having. And Job is an actual account. Like everything in the Bible is actual account. It's not fictional. This is this is real life stuff, okay? So um this is stuff that was happening. I'm talking about Job right now. This is stuff that was happening that we couldn't see. This happens. Obviously, because why is it in the Bible? Nothing in the Bible is a lie. Because God is not a man and he should lie. So there are meetings being held about you. <laughs> Ooh, mm. there are meetings being held that we can't see. They're discussing you. When I say they, I'm talking about the devils. Mm-hmm. I'm, and I say devils because it's like a lot of, you know, little devils under Satan, um, little, you know, demons, demons and principalities, rulers of darkness. Yeah, they be talking about you. They talk about you. They talk about me. They talk about everybody who is a believer in Jesus Christ. And they have, but here's the thing, they have to, they are subject to the will of God. They are subject to God because he has all authority. They, they are subject to Jesus because at that name, every knee must bow and every tongue should confess. There is no name higher than the name of Jesus. Like they are subject to him. So with that being the case, they have to ask permission to do whatever they want to with you. Go read Job chapter two. You'll see what I'm talking about. Satan has to get permission to tempt you to whatever. He has to get that permission from God. And you might be going, well, why does God let bad things happen? Listen, you have an adversary. We all have an adversary. And his only job is to steal, to kill, to destroy. However, if you look at Job, the Lord allowed Satan to touch everything because Satan even acknowledged that the Lord had a hedge of protection around Job. He said, well, he's only, he's only worshiping you because you got a hedge of protection around him. And, and the Lord was like, okay, it's gone. Go ahead. But don't take his life. Don't take his life. You see what I'm saying? Like, so there are boundaries and restrictions that are put in place because here's the thing. And I've said it before. 
it's one thing when you go looking for the fight, but when God brings the fight to your front door, you are already guaranteed the victory because he knows that you are more than a conqueror because the Bible says that you are more than a conqueror. He is not going to bring anything to your front door that you cannot overcome through his son, Jesus Christ. There is nothing that you, it can be grief. It can be the loss of a job. It could be no money in your bank account. It could be a, you know, like death of a spouse. It, it could be anything, but he knows that you're going to come through it. And we also have to acknowledge this is a fallen world. Bad things happen to everybody. It's not just bad things always happen to good people. No, bad things happen to everybody. It rains on the just and the unjust. So with this man's son, this man could have known Jesus and, you know, or, you know, been a, a devout follower of the Lord, did everything right, did all the sacrifices right, which if you read the book of Leviticus and all them other books and you see how all of the intricate details that went into a sacrifice, oh my gosh, but he could have been doing everything right. And this happened to his son. So it's like, I understand why this man said, I believe, but help my unbelief because I did everything right. I was, I, I've done everything right. I did everything I was supposed to do. I waited till I got married to have sex. I did. I was good to these people. I gave, you know, I, I gave to the poor. I did this. I did this. I did this. Why did this happen? It's a fallen world. And not only that, there was something that I, I will never forget this as long as I live. Um, we had revival this past October and one of the um, pastors he spoke um either he spoke monday night he said he was talking about the man who was born blind and how everybody was like oh he must have sinned his parents must have sinned and jesus said nobody sinned this happened so the glory of god could be revealed you know like god is going to get glory out of this if your bank account isn't empty how will you know God as your provider? Hmm. If, I don't know, if you didn't, if your business didn't go under, how would you know God as a restorer? See, we can't know God as a provider, as a restorer, as our redeemer, as our deliverer, as our protector. We can't know him as those things unless we've gone through something to prove, to, to show us, to prove to us that he is that. He knows he's that, but it's us who don't trust enough to believe that he's those things. So this is why these things occur in a sense, because one, we're in a fallen state, things happen. This is a fallen world. This world is not perfect. Thanks to father Adam and mother Eve. This thing, this world is not perfect Two, We have an adversary. Who is to who is seeking to kill, steal, and destroy? Three. If nothing bad happened, if nothing bad ever happened, how will we know God as God? How will we know how great He is? How awesome He is? How will we know that? There had to be hungry people in order for the four thousand five and five thousand people to 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 eat. You do realize this two accounts about the, the loaves and the fishes. One was for 4,000 and one was for 5,000. So I just want to put that out there. You need to read your Bible. So if there was nobody hungry, how would people know he was the provider? 
if your stomach didn't growl a little bit. You see what I'm saying? So there's that point. Um, my other point is God does what he says he's going to do. I mean, just look at it. We're in Isaiah 43. And he said, when you go through the water, I will be with you. When you went through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. And then we can jump over to Mark chapter nine. And which verse, this is verse 22. All times it cast him into the fire, into the waters to destroy him. It can't destroy him because the Lord said, it will not burn. The fire is not going to burn you. Neither is the water going to overtake you. When you go through hard stuff, it's not going to destroy you. We are troubled on every side. Let me look that up. Cause I, let me tell you something. I love that scripture, but I can't ever remember it in, in the right order. <laughs> we are troubled on every side, I think, but not perplexed. I feel like I said that out of, order I know it's in Romans it's so many scriptures that oh I was wrong it's it's second Corinthians <laughs> I know it's somewhere in the New Testament okay I can't ever give you the right address but I know where it should be located um let me see yep here it is verse 8 we are troubled on every side yet not distressed we are perplexed but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken cast down but not destroyed we are cast down but not destroyed this thing is demon this evil spirit that was on this boy it says and they brought him unto him. And when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him and he fell on the ground, walling and foaming. He was cast down, but he was not destroyed. <laughs> and that's why it's so important to read. Like, I mean, it's important to read the word. I'm telling you, go read Isaiah 43. Chapters 43 through 46 because it's gonna bless you bless you to life. Because it's like he said he's gonna be with us. The Bible even says, don't ask me the verse right now. The Bible even says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, God will lift up a standard against him. He'll raise a standard against him. So when the waters when you pass through the waters, I'll be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When the enemy comes in like a flood, because a flood can overflow you. It it can. And it has to, you know, you've seen it on TV. It overflows. It over, I mean, it just, it comes in fast. I, um, I got caught in a flash flood in Savannah. And I had just got my car. <laughs> my mom was with me. And she was visiting while I was in school up there. She was visiting and um, we rode downtown. I can't even remember what road we were on, what street we were on. I think it was like Victory Drive. And it was raining and it just came out of nowhere. Like, boom. I have never seen it. Like, my car was good. Praise God. We got my car. 
I don't know how we got, I got lost because it was so much rain at one time. I couldn't see. I just couldn't see. I couldn't see. And I knew the city like the back of my hand and I could not see to save us. You hear me? And that water rose so fast. And I said, if this water, if this water like overtakes this car, we're done. Cause there's no way like, and you know, you got potholes in the streets, depending on where you are. It's like, there's no way. There's no way. We are going to have to swim or something because the water is just coming up too fast. And we see people's cars. And the thing about Savannah, like you have houses that sit like on higher ground and stuff like that, um, especially off of Abercorn. So I said, if we can get back to Abercorn, we'll be fine. So I had to weave through the neighborhoods and stuff where it was almost like being on the Titanic. Well, I don't want to say like being disrespectful, but like the movie Titanic. And they were trying to find their way to the top of the ship. That's kind of how it was. Because it, like it was like a maze. I was trying to get to high ground. And it's like, if you've ever been to Savannah, Georgia, after you cross Duran, it's like you're going below sea level. You, I don't think a lot of people realize that. But like after you cross Duran, you start going below sea level. Um, and the closer we got to Abercorn... It was like, okay, if we could just get... Because Abercorn is the main road that runs through Savannah. And then you have streets that run parallel to it once you get to the downtown area. Um, or the historical part of Savannah. And I saw Abercorn when we finally got to... We got to a house and we just kind of parked on the yard. We was like, we're sorry. And um, so we got out the street. We got out the car. And... I looked down the street and I could see Duran. It was dry. It was bone dry. But on the other side where we were, mm-mm, it flooded. Like, everything was flooded. I was like, how? And I said, because we're below sea level at this point. That's why. Because how is it everything north of Duran is dry? You know, like nothing. And on all the way south of Duran, it's like, nah, we need a boat. I mean, people's cars were floating by. It was crazy. And the reason why I'm saying all that is because when the Bible says the enemy, when the enemy, when, when the enemy comes in like a flood, once again, there's that word when that means it will happen. Think about times in your life where it was like, it was one thing after another, one thing after another, just boom, 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 boom. That's the enemy coming in like a flood. But however, in Isaiah 43, the Lord says he will be with you and the rivers, they shall not overflow you. You want to know why? Because he is going to raise a standard. That's why. And the thing is, the reason why this is titled Help My Unbelief is because you can believe, but it's sometimes when you get to a point where it's like, okay, Lord, I know you showed me this. You, you, you've spoken this to me. I got a prophetic word that confirms everything that you said. I'm still not seeing it. I'm still having a hard time understanding. I'm still having a hard time. Listen. <laughs> Listen. You it's it's like it has to be to the point where it's like you have to accept the fact of I don't understand. And it's okay. Just like this father with this son who had this evil spirit attacking him. I'm pretty sure he was just like, okay. I don't know what's going on here. I know my son needs help. And that's all. 
it's it's like I have not I can't even help my son. I need somebody who can do this for me. And that's kind of where we have to be in our faith. We're not kind of that's where we have to get to in our faith. Lord, you're the only one who can help me because I can't help myself. I can't do anything about the situation. I'm I'm gonna have to leave this in your hand because when you go through the fire, it gets to that point. It gets to that point where it's like, look, it's hot in here. And you're the only one who can turn this mess off. So I'm just going to have to go through it. Because when you get, listen, you know what the hottest part of a fire is? You ever seen like the, um, I don't know what you call those people. I don't like to say those people. I don't know what you call the people who work in a profession where they get to play with the fire. Um, is it masonry? I don't think it's masonry. Whatever. Anyway, they have like the big, I don't even know what to call it. It's like a big giant lighter. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. But the flame, you can see the blue in the flame. Y'all. Guess what the hottest part of the fire is? You would think blue is cool. No. That's actually the hottest part of the fire. That does more damage than the outer part of the fire. That's the hottest part of the fire. The um more you get in the center of the fire, that's the that's the heat. Okay? So think about the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were thrown into the furnace. It's a whole sermon there because guess what? The Lord had already equipped them to deal with the fire, but I'm not going to get into that right now. I'm not going to get into that right now, but he had already equipped them to be in the fire. And it's like, dog, why they had to get thrown into the fire? They weren't doing nothing. They weren't hurt nobody. But think about what that pastor said at my revival. If, if there were no problems, how would we know God is who he is? Shara, Meshach, and Abednego had to go through that because guess what? I guarantee you somewhere in their heart, we may not have seen it. They may not have even known. Somewhere in their heart, they probably was questioning whether God could deliver them. Not that they didn't have faith that he could, but I'm pretty sure they're like, we about to be thrown into the furnace. You know, like, we really about to be thrown into the furnace, huh? And they didn't ask to be thrown into the furnace. That's just what happened because they chose to serve God. It's it's just so many different accounts in the word where we see time after time after time where the Lord delivers. He he provides, he he restores. He restored Elizabeth's womb. When Elizabeth was old, he restored Sarah's womb to carry a baby. You know, like they were older. You know, I don't, they were seasoned. They were seasoned women. Okay. They were seasoned and he still restored their womb. You might be wondering, dog, why did they have to wait so long? They, they probably were good girls and, you know, and doing what they're supposed to do. If they didn't, let me tell you something. If Sarah would have had a baby at the quote unquote normal time to have a baby. If she wouldn't have been old when she had a baby, who would we have to look for? Like who would we have to look to, to help build and, and, and strengthen our faith? Who? 
because I know I, I talk about my situation all the time. I'm single. I'm about to turn be 38 in about a month, Lord willing. You know, I say 30 great. <laughs> it's going to be a 30 great year. Anyway, so I'm about to be 38. I'm still single with no children. I, you know, let me tell you something. Sarah, my best friend right about now. Cause I'm like, I know if the Lord could let Sarah have a baby in 90, <laughs> there's nothing too hard for my God. You know, like there's nothing too hard for my God. He can change things around in a day. Look how fast he changed this around for this, this man and his son. He boom like that. He can change every situation around suddenly suddenly it may feel like it took you 45 years to get there but that was part of the process to get you there this man said i believe but help my unbelief like i said before you can you can trust god you can really trust god but you still have that human side of you like your faith is there your faith is there because you only need a must to see the faith your faith is there like nah god is gonna do it but you have your human side of I'm really going through this, huh? <laughs> I'm really, I'm really sitting here with no money in my account. I'm really sitting here at 37 and a half years old, 37 and three quarters years old, not married with no kids. I'm really sitting here with no job. I'm really sitting here. Like I know the Lord going to do it, but I'm just, it's the fact that I'm really sitting here like this. <laughs> like I, I mean, early this year, I lost over. Let me tell y'all something. <laughs> I have since the beginning of last year. Well, it was the beginning of last year. I decided, you know, I'm going to have a core scripture. I'm going to have a core scripture for the year. And um, that's going to be my theme scripture, I'll say. So my theme scripture for last year was Psalm 91 and 1. Um, let me just tell y'all right now. Don't you ever make that your, your theme script. You are going to go through so much stuff. I'm just being honest. I thought that was like. I mean, it's Psalm 91.1. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. You know, that's safe, right? Mm -mm. It, that's not a safe. That's like praying for strength <laughs> or patience. Don't, I'm telling you, that ain't the one. I thought Romans 8 and 28 was going to be a, a cool scripture. Like, okay, that's my, because that's my theme scripture for this year. Romans 8, 28, for we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. Y'all. Y'all. So anyway, <laughs> this is like Friday morning, I think, before work, because I had a little time. I said, let me change the calendar around in my room. And um, I have the dry erase board calendar. So I'm erasing the numbers and putting the month and all that good stuff. Well, I'm looking at the theme scripture. I said, that scripture ain't what my theme this year. I had so much bad stuff happen to me this year. <laughs> All this bad stuff happened this year. This ain't work. This is not my theme scripture. I said, now last year, I could see how the Lord protected me. He provided because it was basically like all of Psalm 91. I said Psalm 91 and 1. And the Lord gave me Psalm 91. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, and however many verses Psalm 91 has. So anyway, I saw each and every one of those verses acted out in my life last year. So I'm sitting here like Romans 8, 28. I'm like, this ain't, this ain't it. <laughs> this ain't the scripture for this year. 
I said, I lost the doggone ovary. How is that working out for my good? You know what the Holy Spirit said? Like immediately after I said that, but your ovary was getting ready to rupture because the tumor that was inside of it. Y'all. <laughs> Am I dumb behind? Okay, you know what? I'll let you have that. That's right. That's right. But what about I ain't got no money? I had no money all this time. I had no money. And like that ain't working out for my good. I what what you didn't your student loans get canceled this year? And didn't you just pay two cards off? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, what about XYZ? Didn't this and didn't it and wouldn't that yeah okay you made your point you got valid points there holy spirit okay okay seriously i'm so serious <laughs> y'all the lord I'm, when i tell you that's why you gotta have a you gotta develop a relationship with the lord because once you have a really solid relationship with the lord and i'm telling you it took me forever to get to this point because and I could still do better. There's, it's not like a destination that you get to and you're, you just arrive. No, like I could still do better. There's always something to correct. There's always something to get stronger in always. But I do know my relationship is better than what it was. And like, I can hear him clearer now than I used to, because let me tell you something that thing put me in my place i thought about that all day that was friday yeah i I went to work thinking about that and just praising god because listen you may sit here and you may be doubting god for whatever situation that you're in but i guarantee you if you go back and you start looking at stuff that the lord has done in your past you're not gonna have a reason to doubt i mean logically you always have a reason to doubt because there are facts, but Jesus is the truth, the truth, not a truth. He is the truth. Okay. He's the truth. You can have facts, but there's only one truth and it's Jesus. So every time you want to doubt, go back and look at your history. You know, I use my history button a lot of times when I'm trying to find something really important. Hmm. If it's really important, if you really want to not doubt the Lord, go back and look at your history. Go back and look at that history. Go back and look at that history because that history is going to tell you. And let me tell you something. That's what I'm going to bring it up back up again. Isaiah 43 chapters 43 through 46. Let me just read. I'm going to read some more out of that. Because he says, fear not for I'm with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. That's 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 what he said in Isaiah 43. And then he said, um, let's see. That you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I have declared and have saved and I have showed when there was no strange God among you. Therefore you are my witnesses, saith the Lord, that I am God. 
Yea, before the day was, I am he, and there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work, and who shall let it? Thus, thus saith the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I have sent to Babylon, have brought down all the nobles and the Chaldeans whose cries is in the ships. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, Israel your King. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh the way in the sea and the path and the mighty waters, which bringeth forth the chariot and horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinct. They are quenched as tow. Remember ye not the formal things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field shall honor me, the dragons and the owls, because I give water waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praise. Listen. That's only Isaiah chapter 43. 44 and 45 and 46 go into more like he is giving us his resume. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed, my blessing upon thy offspring. This is Isaiah 44. <coughs> I am the first and I am the last and beside me there is no God and who as I shall call shall and shall declare it and set it in order from me since I appointed the ancient people and the things that are coming shall come. Let them show unto them. Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time and have declared it? Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. <laughs> he was like, ain't nobody out there. I don't know. <laughs> Y'all, the Lord is, no matter what the situation, he is good. He is good all the time, even when it's bad. And here's the thing. I, I had just watched Joyce Meyer. That same morning when I was saying all of that stuff. And she said, even when it's bad, God still gets the good. I sat on that thing and chewed on that thing for a minute. Because I said, why? Even when it's bad, God gets the good. Because it says in Romans 8 and 28, for all things work together for the good. For those who love God and are to called according to his purpose. It all works out for your good. Even when it's bad. He, this man's son was being tormented by an evil spirit. But if you look, it couldn't destroy him because God has said back in Isaiah 43 verse 2, the fire is not going to burn you and you're not going to be overtaken by the water. So that thing had to, that spirit had to obey what God had already put in place centuries before. Jesus showed up, which Jesus was already. Anyway, that's another thing. Jesus was there. He was there with Isaiah 43. But what I'm saying is physically in the physical. So it was already in place. The word of God is alive and it is well and it is good. Jesus is the word. So if the Lord said that in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2 and it applied to this boy in mark chapter 9 how can why wouldn't it apply to you it has to it has to apply because god is not a man that he should lie nor the son of man that he should repent his word does not return to him void so if he said you when you go through the fire you're not going to get burned and then look at what job said job said he knows the way that i take and when i am tried I shall come forth as gold. 
How you going to come forth as gold when you go through the fire? You're going to have to go through things. You're going to have to go through challenges. You're going to have to go through. That is life. We all got to go through. Some of us are just getting put in the furnace. Some of us getting ready to be taken out of the furnace. But guess what? We all got to go through. And we and here's, here's the thing that's going to blow your mind. That ain't just a one-time thing. We are a constant work in progress. There is always something that needs to be worked in on us. It's always until the day we die and get our glorified bodies. There is always something that is wrong with us that we got to go through the fire for to get it burnt off on us. And those trials, those challenges that come up that the enemy attacks us with, it works out for our good because it has to, because he has to submit to God's will for your life. When you are obedient and doing what God says, he has, the enemy has to submit to what God, God has drawn a line and say, you cannot cross that. You can do this, but you can't do that. So they have conversations about us. I just want y'all to think, y'all, I had to go to bed. (laughs) I had to go to bed. Y'all, they have conversations about us and God tells them the list. Okay. For Stephanie, you can do this, but you cannot do that, that, or that. Now go ahead. But I already know she's going to overcome that because my son right there, Jesus, she's sitting in heavenly places with him. She's seated in heavenly places with him. So she, cause she's more than a conqueror. So go ahead, but she's going to come out on top because I know her and I know what kind of relationship she has with my son. So, but you go ahead and try Satan. That's what he, I'm telling now when you in disobedience, however, that hedge of protection gets some holes put in it. There's some preparations and stuff. It's not that God isn't covering you, but he can't cover you like he could if you were being obedient. That's why we have to walk in obedience. We can't walk in disobedience. We can't afford to, I'll say. We can, but we can't afford to walk in disobedience. We walk on, when we walk, when we choose to walk in disobedience, we are literally giving up our protection. And we already talked about how walk, being disobedient to God's word, being in sin it don't just it doesn't just affect us it affects people who are connected to us cuz guess what before job got hit his his children got hit his finances got hit everything else got hit before it got to him so you have to think the wages of sin is death you're going to get paid for your sin you're going to get paid but the gift of god is eternal life through jesus christ so I hope all that made sense. I know I've been on a tangent, but I hope all that made sense. Like you just need a mustard seed of faith. If you have more than a mustard seed, that's great. But he requires a mustard seed of faith. If you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain be even removed to yonder hence. I think that's what it says. I'm probably putting yonder and hence in the wrong spot. But you can tell the mountain, get out of here, go over there, and it will. You can tell your, you can speak to your situation. But you have to have faith. But it is impossible to please him. Because those who go to God must go believing. They must have faith. 
because it's impossible to please him without it. Think about the centurion that came to Jesus and said, no, I just need you to speak a word because I know how that is. He said, I'm in charge of a whole bunch of people. And when I speak something, they do it. So you only have to speak a word. I believe that if you speak a word, my servant's going to be healed. My servant ain't even here. My servant is all the way at my house, miles away. But I believe if you just speak a word, he'll be healed. And Jesus said, I have never seen this such greater faith. <laughs> Jesus was blown away. But why, why is it so hard for us to have that kind of faith? Because we had expectations for things to turn out the way we wanted them to. Knowing good and doggone well, the word of God says his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We don't get to see the whole picture. We don't get to see why things happen the way they happen and what the purpose of it was. Not every single time. No. See, I was, I just told somebody at church this today when we had Sunday school. Um, we were talking about, I can't remember what we were talking about. It was, it's so many hours ago. But the Sunday school teacher said, I asked God why. And she said, I know I'm not supposed to. It just, she said, I just, I just want to know. And I told another um sister at church i was like i don't ask why i got sophisticated and i say what's the purpose <laughs> what's the purpose of me going through this like how does this benefit you and me and you know like god is i said i know the lord is sick of me with these quick i know he and in the audacity we say i'm a little bit more sophisticated i don't just ask why what's the purpose <laughs> what's the overall message you're trying to get across i blame that on me being a teacher <laughs> i blame that on, on me being a teacher because we have to ask those questions of our kids we have to ask open-ended questions can't ask a yes or no question no open-ended question what's the purpose <laughs> i want a definitive answer lord is like go sit down somewhere go take a nap eat a snack and take a nap but you know and this man i also love the fact that he He's so transparent with Jesus. He's so transparent with Jesus. Like, why can't we be transparent with Jesus? He already knows. He already knows. He said, this man says to him, because Jesus said, if, if it's conditional, that means should the thing happen, then this would occur. He says, if you can believe all things are possible, but that's only if you can believe. If you can't believe that all things aren't possible. You see how that works? It's an if-then condition. I learned about if-then in geometry. I remember that. If-then clause. I don't know what how that pertained to geometry, but it did. But, um, yeah. If you can believe, all things are possible to him that believing. And the man said straightway. He cried out with tears. This man was, he was in pain. He was hurting. And he says, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Mm. I just, mm. and it's the New Living Translation. Because the man said, 
The man said before verse 23, but if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, <laughs> he, he turned it right back on him. What you mean? Okay. If I can do anything, <laughs> I wonder if Jesus was like, do you know who I, <laughs> I wonder if he felt that urge to ask that. Like, do you know who I am? I'm the son of God. You know, like if you can do anything, have compassion on us, on us and help us. Jesus is like, if you can believe. <laughs> and in the new living translation, it says in verse 22, have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean if I can? Jesus asked, anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. Because you can still believe and have unbelief. If that makes sense. And like I already said, like the boy, the three Hebrew boys going in there like, wait a minute. We about to go through. We about to go into a fire. <laughs> like I know what I said. Like your mouth can say the words. Like my mouth can speak the scripture all day long, but I could not believe it in my heart. I could say it and not believe it. Just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they knew who Jesus was. They believed him, but they didn't confess him. See, your belief and your confession have to be on the same page. That it's got to be. That's how we get saved. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, it goes together. You can't have one without the other. You can't confess it and not believe. You can't believe it and not confess it. So that's why he was asking for help. And to be honest, I believe that not that Jesus healing the son wasn't a big deal, but Jesus helping this man with his unbelief because if Jesus were to heal his son, which he did heal his son, what if this man still had that unbelief there? I feel like that would have been a great tragedy as well because how would he function after like, you know, something else comes up and let's say it's after Jesus has passed, you know, when we're well not passed, but after Jesus has going to the cross and going up to heaven this man still got unbelief like he's confessing word but he don't have no power see that believing in your heart and confessing it that's where the power comes in he wouldn't have had any power so he's asking the lord like give me i need some power behind what i'm saying and that's where some of you are probably you you speak the word but in your heart and here's the other thing you probably speak the word and believe it more for other people than you do for your own circumstances and situations and i understand where you coming from because i have been there i have i have been there recently you trusting and believing for god and it happens right away from them you want to know why because you're believing it you're speaking it and you're believing it really believing it for other people you're speaking it but you're not believing it for yourself and I have been there. And also, you have to think about it may not be time yet. So you have to think about that too. But in that waiting time, you got to believe and confess it. And you have to trust that God has heard you and that he is going to do what he said he's going to do. Because that waiting time, you can get real reckless with your mouth. And you can mess some stuff up with your mouth.
with that unbelief. That unbelief in your heart is dangerous. It's dangerous because then you'll you'll sound double-minded because you're speaking one thing, but then you speak something else because your heart has the doubt in it, but you know you got to speak the word over the situation. So now you're like a man wavering like the sea, double-minded. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Oh, jeez. So that's all I got to say. That's all I have to say. So just, like I said, I know you're in situations. Some of you are in situations where it's like, I'm believing, I'm believing. Go read Isaiah. I cannot emphasize that enough. Go read Isaiah chapter 43 through 46. Because the Lord has put his whole resume on display. When you know somebody's resume, it gives you an idea of who that person is. And it also lets you know what they're capable of doing. And you can guarantee he did not lie on his resume. (laughs) He has not lied on his resume. He can do everything that he said. He has formed you. He has created you. He's done all of it. Okay? You already know that because you're here. (laughs) So, therefore, he did form you and you were created for his glory. There you go. You're here, aren't you? So that means he did what he said he was going to do. Read the rest of it, though. <laughs> That's your homework for this week. Read the rest of um, Isaiah 43, chapters 43 through 46. All right. I have had y'all's ear long enough. I'm going to let y'all go. I hope y'all have a blessed week. And I will talk to y'all later. Bye.